Hey, New Life Church, Digital Campus, a very important campus to all of us. I know last year we tried to upgrade our relationship with all of you, and man, it's been very important because many of you, this is now where you go to church and where you learn the word. And so let me ask you one question that maybe you can talk about in the chat. I want you to think about this. What do you want the Lord to do for you between now and the end of the year? We've been through a lot, but what's next for you? What is God working on in you? Like, what would be the top prayer request in that? So today is going to be amazing because we have Tanner Cangelosi, who's going to teach us the word. Her and her husband, they pastor at the Hot Springs campus. And I love that place. If I could go to church anywhere, it would be here at the digital campus. And sometimes I would run over there just to hear them speak, because it is a solid place. So get ready. We're going to worship right now. And the Bible says, Jesus actually said, I love worshipers who worship me in spirit and in truth. Like, let's go with our heart, and let's do it with a sincere effort. There's really no better way to worship than that. Let's worship him.
Hey y'all, my name is Tanner Cangelosi, and my husband Corey and I have the privilege of serving at Hot Springs campus of NLC, and we have six kids. Um, and that at one point they were five and under, and you can do the math, and you can imagine that this life has been like this year, zooming in six different classrooms. And can I just say how much I love school? Bless the Lord, I love the teachers. This past year has taught me how much I need Jesus. Um, just to tell you where I'm coming from this past year, um, as the library first opened back up, I decided, okay, we're going to get out of the house. We, we're going to do it. So I loaded up my six kids and I got all 12 feet shooed and whew, that's a lot. Everybody had a mask. We had to get our books that we'd had for six months and had to return those. So as we return the books, we get our temps taken. Um, we're browsing for new books. My oldest comes to me and she, she's panicking. And she was like, one of the triplets isn't wearing any pants. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was true. One of the triplets had a t-shirt and underwear on. I did remember masks, so I think that was a plus. But she wanted to leave, my oldest did. And I was like, you know what, Zuzu? This is just the best I can do right now. This is the best I can do. So if you're feeling bad about your parenting, just think about how I take my kids in public partially clothed. So as you can see, I do not have my ducks in a row, and this year has kept me on my knees, seeing very clearly my shortcomings and my need for a God who never fails. I wanna share with you about a woman that I've seen in a new light this year. With the unknown lurking before me in 2020 and 2021, I have been drawn to the person of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And she faced the unknown with immediate obedience and complete dependence on her son, the son of God. I don't know if you've seen The Chosen, but here is my shameless plug to watch it because I love how they depicted Mary. I love they showed her as strong, as loving, but she was real. She was an ordinary girl that God used to do something extraordinary. The first thing she did, we see in a story that we normally hear at Christmas time. It's out of the book of, the, of Luke, and we see that she answers the call. She brings her yes to him. Dr. Luke, at the beginning of his gospel, he says, I myself have carefully investigated. I myself have carefully investigated. And I just wanna tell you, if you need a study for this summer, I would challenge you to study the book of Luke. Rebecca Shatswell and Heather Hoyt have done this amazing study at the Conway campus. They, they put all of their messages on the Woman Podcast. It is phenomenal, deep teaching. And that would be a great place to start diving in your Bible this summer. Chapter one in the book of Luke, it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that's Mary's cousin, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him this throne of his father, David, prophecies fulfilled. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. 
Fun fact, when I called my mom sobbing to tell her that I was having triplets to add to my four, two, and one-year-olds, she quoted this verse to me, greetings you who are highly favored. So if you ever know anyone who has three toddlers and gonna have triplets, quote this verse to them to bring them comfort. So I did not respond like Mary. I wish that I had, but I rocked myself in my bathrobe while sobbing, watching my toddlers climb over each other and just wondering, how am I going to do this? But this is how Mary responded. Verse 38 says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. She brings her yes to him. She says yes to God. She didn't know that Joseph wouldn't just leave her. She didn't know he was going to have a dream. She didn't know how this would happen. She didn't know the next few steps, but she did know that this would possibly turn her life upside down, probably definitely, and ostracize her. But she knew that God is faithful. Obedience equals joy. And this doesn't mean that it will be easy, but it will be good. Her response in Verse 46 says, And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Obedience equals joy. You know, this year, actually, when the triplets were little, I read a book called Choosing to See by Mary Beth Chapman. And as I was reading it, um, I was just foster care and adoption. That's what the book is about. And it just got deep into my heart. And so God put this on my heart. And one night I was reading it. Triplets were about one. And uh, my hormones were not balanced, I promise. Um, but this is what happened. Corey comes in late at night. And he'd been at church. And he comes in finding me weeping. And I was like, we have to adopt all the children, all of them. And he was like, well, maybe, maybe when you're not, crying every day. Maybe. Like, let's pin this idea. So we did pin it. And foster care and adoption has been on my heart. But I would say to God, God, I have enough kids. I, I don't need any more kids. And people will think I'm crazy. And then what if I can't do it? What if I fail in front of so many people? But I felt God say to me, no, Tan, I want you to be a safe place for one more child. You can be overwhelmed with six kids or seven kids, but either way, you're overwhelmed. And I was like, yes, God, you're, you're right. Both ways, I need you. And so you know that Mary did the hard thing. So I thought, I want to be like her. I want to say yes to something that could be hard, that God called our family to do. God calls us to take care of widows and orphans in James. It took us a few years to open our home, and it has been a joy to care for these little babies this year as our home is open to foster children. Everyone helps with the babies, and we, we, we just take little babies, and it has been a joy for our family. Obedience equals joy. I heard a sermon recently by Christine Kane about Mary, and she said, Mary carried God to her generation through her immediate obedience and her belief that the words that the angel spoke, for the word of God will never fail in Luke 1.37. And I've done a little card that we're going to make downloadable to you where you can print it out, put it on your mirror, put it on your dashboard, put it on your desk to be reminded that the word of God will never fail. It's just a little painting that I wanted to make for you. So we see that Mary answers the call. 
Who is God calling you to carry him to, like Mary carried God to her generation? What hard thing might God want you to say yes to in order to depend on him? Bring your yes to him. Next, we see her bring her concern. We see her bring her concern. She brings her worries, small and big, to Jesus at the wedding of Cana. I love that this water into wine miracle is his first public miracle. The man who healed the lame and brings sight to the blind and brought dead to life, he chose something that would be a mere embarrassment to a family to start his public ministry. So to show us he is concerned not only about the big things, but about the little things weighing on our hearts. In John 2, verse 1, it says, On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. Yes, she was. Ain't no party like a mama party because a mama party don't stop. What? Until she puts on her PJs at 730 and then it stops. So y'all stop getting off track. I need to read the scriptures. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to this wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, now don't get crazy, that is a term of endearment. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you. Don't you love that Jesus cares about the details? He wants us to bring our concerns to him, no matter how serious or silly they may seem. I'm concerned for my friends going through a divorce, for my children to walk with the Lord, for taking care of aging parents. You know, but I'm also concerned about eggs. And I know that seems so trivial, but during quarantine, I easily got wigged out. When I would go to the grocery store and the shelves were bare, I would quickly spiral out of control and want to hoard all the beans and rice in the toilet paper. Don't worry, we didn't, I couldn't find any. Um, but I am so thankful for my husband, my husband, Corey, who was so steady, reminding me through good times and bad during quarantine and this entire year that the word of God will never fail, that he will provide. One day I couldn't find any eggs at the grocery, went to a few different groceries and I started to panic. I started to feel, how am I gonna feed these eight people? How will they get enough protein? How will I bake the brownies that we are like living off of right now? Well, I took Corey's advice and I just said a simple prayer because I didn't know what to do. I said, God, I'm scared. I can't find any eggs to feed my babies. I didn't know what tomorrow would bring. Will you help me? Will you help me? Y'all, by the end of the day, with no requests made other than to God, two friends brought me their eggs from their, that their hens had laid at their farms. Two different friends. And then there was a couple who works in poultry and they came over to sign the membership covenant in our lawn, in our front lawn, six feet apart. And that man brought us four flats of eggs. Y'all, by the end of the day, I had over a hundred eggs. Mary was right. All I needed to do was to bring my concern to the Lord and to leave it there. All I had done was pray. And God just showed up and showed out that he will provide and no word of his will ever fail. Even with a silly or serious request, even when I'm rational or irrational, Mary brought her concern and then she left it with Jesus. She didn't try to manipulate the situation. She didn't try to boss anyone around or do it herself. 
She simply said, do whatever he tells you. And she stepped back and she waited. We need to wait on him and be ready to do the next right thing. Being faithful with even what we have been given right now, even if we're in the middle of our concern, it's not yet solved. I love that Mary shows us to bring her concern, to bring our concern to Jesus. She also shows us to bring our grief to Jesus as she shows us how she stayed near the cross. We all know there's those hard times of life when it's hard to breathe and we have to be near to Jesus just to, to do the next thing, to bring our grief to Jesus because he can provide power and comfort. In John 19, verse 25, I love that Mary demonstrates this in the moment of grief. She shows us how to be near to Jesus. Verse 25, it says, Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, he sees her even in his moment of agony. He sees her grief, her heartache. She doesn't know the end of the story at this very moment. She, he says, woman, here is your son, pointing to the disciple John. And to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple, John, took her into his home. So Jesus provided John to care for his mother. She needed John to uphold her in her moment of grief, to provide for her financially, to provide shelter and comfort in the wake of the devastation of the cross. Because remember, at this moment, she didn't know the end of the story. She didn't know about Sunday. It was still Friday and then Saturday, and she needed someone to uphold her in this moment. In the wake of devastation in my own family, um, I had a few cousins, a few children die in my family, and it knocked me to the ground. The triplets were one, and it was a hard season. But walking closely with these moms through their loss as their children went to be with Jesus but left their arms yearning for their babies. When my cousin Molly passed away, it was actually six years ago this week, it broke me. I couldn't handle my life and I struggled with anxiety. I struggled with panic. I struggled with even wanting to get out of bed. And I came near the cross of Jesus and I yelled, why did you take them? I don't understand this. I can't do this. I don't know how to move forward right now. My heart is so broken and I struggled. And then God brought me my own John, for real, my uncle John Harlan, it's Molly's daddy. And he knew I was struggling. And even in the wake of his deepest grief after a few weeks after Molly had passed, he saw me next to the cross and he reached out to comfort me. I remember sitting on my bathroom floor in my bathrobe and my mom who had come down to help me because she knew I was not handling the grief well. So my mom comes in and she hands me the phone and on the other line I hear Uncle John. And he called me from his tractor and he said that he would bush hog a field and then he would stop the tractor to cry for a bit and then he would keep on plowing and stop to cry for a bit. And he said, Tanner, I know that you're hurting and I know this is so hard. He said, but you still have work to do. 
God has given you six little people to raise and you still have work to do. He stopped. Even when he was hurting in the wake of the deepest grief to help me, to help me. Who is God calling you to help who's hurting? You know, if you're broken and you're hurting right now, what does it look like for you to come near the cross of Jesus? But notice that Mary wasn't alone. She had others around her in this hard moment. Who do you need to let into your hard moment? Who do you need to invite into your grief? Bring your grief to the cross, but never bring it alone. When you're walking through grief, you need others. And that's why we have life groups. Y'all, we are broken and ordinary people, but I want us to be ordinary people that God uses to do something extraordinary. The way that we do this is by remembering and saying out loud that no word from God will ever fail. No word of God will ever fail. We need to bring our yes to Him, bring our concerns to Him, and bring our grief to Him. I want to pray, and as we, um, as we end, get ready to go back and just to a spirit of worship, asking God, who is it? What, what yes do you want me to say to you right now, God? As you're worshiping, what concerns do you need to lay at the cross? And do you just need to bring your grief to the cross? Let's do it in worship. Let's pray. Jesus, you are so good. You are so good to remind us that you care about the big things and the small things. God, you're so good to comfort us in our deepest hour of need and to care, Father, to care about us. God, thank you. Thank you for sending your son because you care about us. You saw our need. I thank you for the woman of Mary and her example. And God, I ask that we will go forth knowing that no word of God will ever fail. We thank you for who you are and who your character. God, thank you for your character. Thank you that you are righteous and you are just and you are holy. You are good and you are comforter. God, may you be with every person who is listening to this message right now, Father, comforting their hearts, going before them and telling them, Father, that you are right there with them. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Old things have passed away. Your love has stayed the same. Your constant grace remains the Breathing in love.
okay, I told you it was going to be good. Tanner, the way she speaks. I love that family. The Cangelosis in Hot Springs, pray for that campus. They have big vision. They're trying to do so many things, and I'm proud of them. Also want to let you know that in service for the digital campus, people are faithful to give. And if you haven't had a chance to do so, maybe you can do that right now. There's a lot of different ways that people give. You can see it right there in front of you. But all I ask is that everybody would search the heart of God and to see what God would want you to do. We never pressure people to give at New Life Church. We just ask them to ask God what they should do. And when he speaks, let's do it. Because otherwise, we just have to say no to a lot of vision that God has given us. Speaking of vision, we have Collide coming up this summer. I cannot wait for that conference. My wife and I sneak in to see all the things that are happening around our student ministry. And then we have the Woman Conference coming up in September. That's always something incredible to see. But many of you want to be involved in relationships. And that's why we have small groups. We haven't been able to do them for a long period of time. So very soon, we're going to start that at every campus, including right here. So again, big vision with a lot to do. I love every single one of you, and thanks for joining us right here. Next week, we've got Marcus Brown speaking to you, and that brother can preach. So let's enjoy that together as well. God bless you, and have a great week.